Today is a little different. Welcome back to another episode of On the Cusp. I'm on my own today, so we'll see how that goes. Dave is in a duck blind somewhere, but we have a very special guest, Brant Anderson. Man, thank you so much for coming on with me. Thanks for having me. I, I've, I've wanted and been a huge fan of Providence, and I've wanted to hear this story for a long time. And I was asking a lot of people I know, you know, hey man, who can I talk about the beginning of Providence and the idea stages of Providence? And man, your name kept coming up. I said, okay, well, how do we make this happen? So thank you so much. I'm excited for this today. I am as well. It's awesome. Nice, it's nice to think about these things again. Man, this is really cool. So just to give you kind of background on me, I grew up in Treeport and I, I tell people I was always the kid at Captain Street High School that while all the other kids were talking about how they couldn't wait to leave, leave Shreveport and all this would make me so mad, I wanted to come back and fight to make it what we wanted it to be and what I knew it could be. So, and I've done that as an adult. And so I'm very interested in the things, especially cultural things that I've seen shift Shreveport over my life. And Providence is definitely one of those. And, and it's amazing to see what it's done to the Southern Loop. I remember when they cut Southern Loop through that land then and all those things. And Southern Trace seemed like it was out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and now that area is right in the middle. So in Shreveport, I think we as citizens have an, a lot of times just think things that just popped up. It's just there. Mm -hmm. Providence is just there. It just happened one day. But I think as businessmen, we know that's not the case. Can you tell me, like, where was the initial idea? Why Providence? Why out there? How did that happen? Well, we need to go back a few years. Okay. Uh, back to 2001. All right. Uh, my cousin Cole and I were in Baton Rouge, and we'd been asked by a group to look at a, a large uh, tract of land right off a of blue bonnet that was for sale. And the people who were showing us the property said that it would be a great place for a traditional neighborhood development. And we, we didn't even know what that was. So we looked at the land and then we got in the car and headed west to Lafayette and went to River Ranch. Yeah. yeah I, You're familiar with it. Yes, and that's a, that's a, that's a special place. I, I could imagine some light bulbs went off there. Yeah, yeah. we had no idea that it was there. And we met with the town architect, Steve Oob. And so he told us about the concept of a traditional neighborhood development. And it's exactly that. It is a development that's based on a neighborhood schematic that was in place before the automobile took over our lives. Wow. It envisions narrow streets, streets that it's just natural for you to walk down. Uh, a housing scheme where you have a town center, if you will, that has retail, it has workspace, and then you have very, um, very high density in the, in the center. Apartments, townhomes, and then as you grow out from the town center, it starts to get less dense. Larger homes, larger lots. Uh, another element of TNDs is green space. We wanted to ensure that every home was within a three minute walk of a green space. And so all of this was shown to us at River Ranch and Cole and I are walking around pretty amazed at what we saw. 
And then we started thinking back to the land that we had just seen in Baton Rouge. And we looked at each other and we said, you know, if we're going to do this, let's do it in Shreveport. And that's important to me because that's what I always go back to is like, we need Shreveport people investing in Shreveport. Hmm, You know, we need people that have grown up here. You know, as Shreveporters, we're pretty good at making our money in Shreveport and traveling a lot, doing all our cool stuff somewhere else, man. I'm always on people to like, hey, we got to do cool things that we want in our own backyard. So I love that. Yeah, it was it was important to us for to bring this concept to Shreveport because we had a lot of confidence and a lot of faith in the community. We also grew to have a lot of confidence in Steve Oob, uh, and he actually became our town architect. And you know, as we were, you know, our first job was to convince our family oh, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. that this was going to be something worthwhile for us to do. That can be tough. It can be tough, especially <laughs> when your two sons telling their dads <laughs> yeah, yeah. about a brand new concept that you that you a want to bring to this. Pretty big concept. Pretty big, pretty involved. Yeah. Um, risky, but um, they got on board with us, and then we because this real estate development wasn't our primary is not our primary focus in our business. We knew we needed to get involved with um, with someone local who knew about development, you know, who knew about concepts that we had never heard of, such as cutting the road, um, getting all these permits. We were already in partnership with David Alexander and Vintage. Um, we'd been in partnership with them for a number of projects for, for a couple of years. And David was the natural choice to partner with. And so that partnership occurred then the next part of it was to get investors. Um, we also hired an executive director at the time, Stephanie Edmonston. Okay. Uh, she came on and helped us develop the whole concept of what this was going to be. So we had to come up with things like a name. Um, we're pretty right-brained up in that office, so we knew we needed to talk to someone who would who would help us. So we talked to and hired uh, a good friend of mine, actually, Francesca Benton, now Francesca yeah. Benton Moreland of the Williams Creative Group. Yeah, yeah. And through her, we came up with the name Providence and the logo that went with it. And I, I can't remember the other names that they floated, but when she turned the, when she turned the page and showed us Providence, we all looked at each other and said, this, this is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah. I mean, okay. So that's the beginning. Yeah. Did you, when you go to Providence now and you pull in and the banks there and the restaurants are there and there's people walking everywhere, is that the vision come to life? It's the vision and more. Really? Yeah. We wanted a place where people could walk, a place where people could walk out of their homes and be a, a three-minute walk away from a park, maybe a five-minute walk to a restaurant, uh, a bank, um, a veterinary clinic. All of those were concepts that we were really hopeful about. And another thing that was really important to us, and again, this we didn't in, invent this. This is, this is what we learned as right. we learned more about traditional neighborhood developments, 
is there were absolutely no gates. And there, were, there was no, to be no perimeter fencing either. It was an open, traditional neighborhood like you would see, say, in the, the 1800s, where people could naturally walk. We actually encourage on-street parking. Yes, uh, I'm always kind of surprised about it, yeah. Well, think of, that's so anti-Shreveport. It's, it's anti-Shreveport. <laughs> it's anti a lot of places. I mean, I have a festival in Betty Virginia Park, and man, you'd think I was parking 18-wheelers in people's yards. <laughs> right. Because I'm having cars parking in front of their houses. Yeah, yeah. and people are like, what are you doing here? Yeah. You know, this is my... Well, th think about this, and this is something that Steve Oob taught us, is he was teaching us about what a traditional neighborhood development is. Let's say that you, uh, and this is an example he gave us. Let's say that you and I are, are driving in the car and we're driving down Uri Drive, you know, four lane, four lane road, and you see someone walking down the street. It kind of catches, like, I, I wonder what do they do? Are they okay? Yeah. Um, I wonder what's wrong with them. Versus if you see something walk, someone walking in Providence, it seems very natural. What the cars do, what the on-street parking does, is drivers naturally slow down. So it makes it safe wow. for people to walk. The streets are narrow, again, to encourage people to drive slowly. And there are no cul-de-sacs because we want the neighborhood to be connected. You want it to flow. Exactly. That's that's really, really awesome. Okay, so to me, like, you know, you have this neighborhood that has made a huge cultural difference in, in at least South Streetport, if not all of Streetport. You have a Brookshire's coming in, you have a shopping center, you know, across the street that's full of retail that would have never been, that was not out there. I mean, I worked with a client of mine, Windrush, that's right there to get the first blue sign put on the interstate there. And I mean, that was only six or seven years ago and I was begging the guy and he was like, well, you only have one thing to put on it. And now that sign's full, you know, I think all that comes. So when you're working on this project, we're all business guys and making money, you can't do anything if it's losing money. So you gotta make money, but this feels so important was that in the room? Was that feeling in the room in those years that you knew you were doing something that would affect the lives and the, the way of living of Shreveport? Like you said, of course, we wanted to make it profitable. Right. There, there's no well, it sense. It doesn't exist if it's losing e money. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But it was important for us to do something for the community. And that's why the charrette became, I would say, the foundation of what is now Providence. And that occurred in the fall of 2003. Okay. Mm -hmm. Man, like, yes, because it has changed the way people live out there. It does. And are you familiar with what the charrette is? No, tell me more about this. Yeah, and again, this is part of this whole traditional neighborhood development. Okay. This is what they do. The charrette is a five-day event that is held with between the developers and different stakeholders in the community, including uh, real estate agents and brokers, uh, local government officials, uh, school board, um, uh, different types of businesses, the restaurant association, the, um, uh, what's it called? I can't remember the, the tourism bureau here. Yeah, 
Shreveport Brazier Tourism yeah. Convention, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so what we did is we held, this was held over a series of five days. And Steve Oob and his team of architects would attend the charrette during the day. And they would hear what people wanted, what, people, what, what, what real estate brokers thought was, was important, what business owners thought was important. And then they would take the comments and then go back into a separate room and overnight start creating the master plan for Providence. So the master plan was done as a result of the specific desires and needs of the Shreveport community. And I'll never forget something that Steve Oob said on the very first night of the charrette when we were introducing it, when people didn't, yeah, no one knew what it was. Right. We were still learning <laughs> what it what was. What you were doing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Steve Oob said something, and here, this is a native, you know, this guy's from Lafayette, you know, born and raised. And he said, you don't realize what a great community you have up here. And people really were struck to hear him say that. Wow. To hear someone from out of town, yeah, particularly you don't get South, that Louisiana. From South Louisiana, very no, often. You don't. You know, we're considered the armpit of the right, state. Right, right. And people were really taken aback by that and thought, wow, he's got faith. And we had faith in the community. We also know what, what Shreveport is. It takes a while for things to get going here. Right. It's just the nature of who we are. And now it is rolling. We were kind of talking that before you came in. I mean, it took all these years to kind of develop to this point. It's like a little fire and people are kind of starting to pay attention to the sparks. But man, it's on fire out there now and, and it's awesome. And congratulations and man, thank you for doing this and, and having the vision to see that. We need more of that in our community. Well, I was only one one person. You know, you've also got to think of, of, of you know, David Alexander, um, and then people like Kyle, yeah. who are continuing to, to grow it. Yeah, and we look forward to talking to some of those guys real soon, so we're yeah. going to add them to the story. And, Great. And that's awesome. I only have one thing that I have to tell you, like one ask of you. So I've helped create this wine event, the Catahoula Wine Mixer, that's coming into its fifth year, fifth or sixth year next year. You have to make it. You have to come when, see it. When is it? It is usually late September. It kind of moves around. You know, that's doable. Well, and Matt, I just want to say thank you to you no. for, uh, for, having, for having faith in the vision oh, and man. for wanting to be a part of it. It's and definitely, I have five children. I'm married, we live in South Streetport and we don't live in Providence, but Providence has been a huge part of our life with our kids. And that's a cool thing about the neighborhood in which y'all created is you don't have to live there exactly. for it to impact you. Exactly. And it has touched street porters everywhere coming to eat dinner out there and, and being there and walking there. And so I think it's a really special place. I'm very happy that it's here. And man, I, I really appreciate you coming on and well, talking thank you. with me, man. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Mm -hmm.